and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Vasca, and welcome to another round of International Film Festival of Rotterdam content. This time, we talk transhumanism and the future of global societies with the director of King Car, Renata Pinheiro, and her collaborator, Sergio Oliveira. We hope you enjoy these as much as I did. So, bon dia! Bon dia! Bon dia! Thank you very much for your interest in talking to us about our film. I'm the director, but uh, he's co-writer. And producer. And producer. Huh? And uh, we can talk together because my English is not so good and he can help me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm very grateful to you both for being here. Your film spoke so much to me because it has so much to say specifically about all of the different kinds of social justice issues that are wrapped up in environmentalism and regulation to do with environmentalism. And there is just so much at work in your film that I, I was really impressed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that's all the subject we went to, you know, you want to talk about. That's why we made this movie, <laughs> to talk about this very serious subject. At the same time, not in a hard way, like, like in, a, in a way that everybody can understand wherever the person is in mm -hmm. the world. And in terms of the law that happens in the film, I realize that the film is sort of a science fiction universe, cars can speak and you have these different kinds of layers to it that have the fusion of man and machine, but it all starts because of a law that requires cars that are 15 years old or older to be off of the streets. Is there a law that is similar in Brazil right now? Okay. Well, that's a good question because I needed when we were uh, writing the script something that could change and, and put the, our hero in an adventure. And then I, I started to research about something that comes from the government to the people, you know, to the city that could really change for worse their life. And I found a law that was not put in, in practice because... I don't know why, but uh, the president, after the impeachment, you know, the, mm -hmm. when we lost Dilma Rousseff and uh, they put the uh, yeah, vice president, he intended to, to do that. Yeah, but at the same time, when you see countries like England, where I lived for a while, there is like a VOT that you have to do regularly, like every year, see if your car is all right to, to transit by the streets. All over the world, there are laws that don't just for security, meaning just for security reasons, they don't allow cars that are aged to transit in the streets. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's quite normal. Yeah, but but you, you use that in a fictional way. There's mm -hmm. no this law here in Brazil that if you have a 15 years old car, you cannot use it. But it's not like the reality, but you just use that for a fiction purpose. Yeah. But when, when we had Lula da Silva, our president, president the best one, well, but uh, he used the car industry to 
boost the economy. So it's it's good for a way, but it's really bad for, bad for another way. You mm -hmm. know, when you see all the street uh, packets of cars, yeah. and that really changed our life, changed the, the human plans, you know, changed everything. And especially for the lower classes, as you see in the film, it becomes a serious social justice issue when you're only expecting the people who are at the bottom rung, who can barely afford what they have, to suddenly not have transportation and not have any means of affording something better. Exactly. Because it's different when you use your car to, to go shopping, And when you use your car every day to work, and if the government take off this car, that will be like no work for these kind of people, not the workers and like me as well. Well, I, I work with cinema, but you know, I understand very well this situation. So this circumstance may have been an invention, but it struck me as being very possibly reality because the kind of policy that you have coming from government that looks at environmental change from only one aspect rather than saying going forward we're only going to adhere to these standards and instead punishing backward that rang very true for me no yes it was going to happen here And especially knowing that the real destroyer of the climate is big business and especially like factory farming and things like that that come from the United States. I also loved what you had to say about technology and sexuality and exploitation too within the film. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the sort of fusion of technology and man as you saw it within the film. I mean, obviously, the hero is born inside the car and has this unique relationship with the car. But then you see the other character who has the sexual relationship with the car, which reminded me of another film. I don't know if you've seen it, but Jumbo. Jumbo. Okay. That's another interesting film I would recommend you check out. I, I loved this first sequence between her and the car was so beautifully done. I really appreciated the, your sensitivity to her sexuality in that moment. But I wondered if you could kind of talk about where you decided to meet the human and the metal. Well, uh, the movie doesn't close the question, you know. The question is, is open to invite the people, invite the public to, to think about. Because we think that uh, the technology is, is not going to disappear. We have to, to deal with it. Technology is part of the human kind, you know. Now you can say that it's part of us. So how could we live with this without losing our main characteristic, you know, like human, like loving people, like being uh, good with the nature and everything else. So when, when we put a, a character making sex with a machine, we are saying that the machine are like part of us, maybe 
the the way the transhuman uh, is going, you know, maybe it's a uh, it's something that will help with us. But yeah, transhumanism was always a, like a question for us, a, a subject for us in this mm -hmm. film, like the the way that people the, that human cope with the machines, like if you go to any street in the world, in the world today, you see many young people like with the, their cell phones, like an extension of, it, of their hands, then it's like, uh, it's like, it's not new, it's not new, it's since the stone, like the film said, since the first, the first stone to, tools that the human created, and it was his hand as well, like that, mm -hmm. the, like technology is, without, is, is part of the human. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of an, uh, other animals too, like they use technology, like the monkeys, like the dolphins, like uh, even uh, fishes use as well. Like uh, every day, you just discover that some animal are, is does use technology to do something. Then it's like part of this species that, uh, and transhumanism was like a question for us. It was an issue. We choose that character, Mercedes. The, Uh, that is performed brilliantly by this German actor, Jude Zelting, because I saw her when she was her, when she was she, right? When she was her. She was like doing a role in uh, Jean Pedro Rodriguez's film, a Portuguese director that made uh, The Ornithologist. I don't know if you, if you see that. The the I, I haven't seen The Ornithologist yet. It's actually been on my list for ages, but... Yeah, it's a I very great film. It's very good. Yeah. And she was doing a character that was that comes out of the blue, come from the middle of, of nowhere. She was like riding a horse and speaking in Latin. And uh, that image and that person, that character in the film just caught me so much that I had to create something with her because she was, she was friend of us and uh, okay. he went to do something with her and Mercedes came with this character in this in this other film. Mm. And uh, she, for us, no, she, she looked like somebody that came from the future. Speaking of wonderful performances in the film, I also wondered how you cast Uncle Jose. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uncle Jose is a friend of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh. A big actor. And he's a friend of us since like uh, 20 years. He's quite he's a, famous he's, here. He's, maybe he's the most famous yeah. actor in Brazil nowadays. He was incredible in this film. I just could not believe how amazing and nuanced that performance was. It really yeah, blew me he away. Played, uh, he plays in independent films and in commercial films, in TV programs, in everything. Everybody loves him. And he's brilliant. And he's brilliant. Yeah, always brilliant. Yeah. We're really lucky to have him in our class. Yeah. yeah. He worked in a, the last film by Lucrecia Martel. Martel? Sama. She's a very famous no, uh, director, uh, Argentinian director. And, uh, well, he was brilliant too in this film. I'll have to make myself more familiar with his work. But I also wondered, because of your wonderful background in art, Renata, you see that in a lot of the imagery that comes through on screen, like the the idea of how you remodel the cars. First, in terms of 
the imagery of them reshaped into these shiny plasticine things. But then when they suddenly are transformed by the seedlings into these beautiful sort of topiaries. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I love that imagery. And when I I looked up your background, I was like, Oh, art, that totally makes sense. (laughs) But I wondered like where this imagery came from for you. Okay. Well, Yes, I, I'm an artist, a visual artist, and uh, I like I made many many experiments with uh, everything <laughs> all my life. I, I I love beauty, visual images, things, and uh, but this film I worked with uh, Karen Araújo and uh, Fernando Lockett, and uh, they. You know, help me a lot. I am grateful for this this brilliant work. I think we we get something between future and past. You know, like retro, futuristic, future, yeah, futuristic retro. Well, I, I I love it. I love to make like parallel reality that talks about our reality, our life, our you know, nowadays. And uh, yeah, I think we get a good result. Yeah. It works so well. And the way it's, it's like this conflict between the idea of environmentalism, as well as the promotion of cars, but it draws so much into the conversation and so much more than just, oh, it's obvious that oil is the bad guy and cars are the bad guy. And so I wonder in terms of setting that tone that cars are not going to be the bad guy and the environment is not going to be the all around good guy. And you're not going to paint the environmentalist movement as the savior of everything. How difficult was it to land on a voice actor for the car, for the uh, king car. It was difficult. It was difficult. Very <laughs> yes. difficult. To Very find, difficult. To find out the right voice. Difficult. First, we think we thought about a more like cliche voice, like a metallic voice or something like that. Something like that. But, it didn't, but it didn't work at all. I didn't like it. Mm. And uh, we have we have this friend, David Deschere, that it's also... He's also a director here in Brazil, and uh, he's quite funny, and uh, he's a really good actor as well. And uh, we start like reading within. We do we do a reading of the of the script within. And when it comes to the voice of the car, he was perfect. Then that's why we choose him. Uh, we had like about, about eighty or nine people to do the, the car, and we didn't like it anyone apart from having the show this actor that finally did the voice. Yeah, because you said something important about our movie, because even we knowing that the car is the bad guy, we have to be close to, to, to it. We have to love it. I think Tavinho Teixeira, the actor, has this kind of personality. You can hate him. Yeah. You can love him. You know, it's like a powerful uh, personality. And cynical as well. Like. Yeah, and his voice very much has that cynical quality to it. Yeah. Yes, and we had a good work by Gilly, Gilly Martins. 
uh, in uh, sound editing and mix and everything about, you know, the finalizing the sound. Because sometimes you, you can feel that it's not natural. It's something else. It's just... A, there are some still in the voice. Yes. Hmm. But nothing very, very expressive. But you you feel like it's not like a, this voice is not... The voice is not uttered by a human mouth. Mm, that definitely comes through, the sort of machinery of the voice as well. Yeah. It's very interesting how you've got a voice and a soul for each of the cars in a way that is just very unique. When you were looking at breaking down the end of the script, and I started to wonder if on some level there was a bit of a commentary on fascism toward the end in terms yeah. of the the way that you were expressing it. And I wondered if you could kind of talk a little bit about how you are looking at that questioning of authority and representing alternative voices. Yeah, I can start with that because when the film was like, we started this film years ago, like writing, right? And during this time, as you has passed many things, especially uh, like in the end nowadays with the totally totalitarian ideas and uh, governments. This make us think about the thing that we, we were doing. You have to do like a mirror of what our country is nowadays, even if it's like a, a quite strange film from a Latin American director. It's not a usual film. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to put that inside the film, like the, this totalist, totalita, totalitarian thing that came, like in Brazil, the, in, in 2013, Brazil was experiencing like a social uh, manifestation in the streets against the bus fares and stuff like that. And uh, suddenly the right wing and the, especially the right, the far right parties, they took over this Movement. expressions of the street that was quite, you know, um, true. Spontaneous. Yeah, it's spontaneous. But the, the right wing just took over and it was the leader of everything. And uh, the result is nowadays that we have like this president here in Brazil That's that so is a negationism and uh, earth that denies like the the, va the, the vaccines warming, uh, the and the global warming and everything. Like. Yeah. Then we, we went to show how it was easy to, to transform a genuine revolt of the people into a totalit totalitarian ideas and yes. stuff. And, and I love that line that you include where King Carr says, death to failures, death to the good man. That line particularly resonated for me in terms of thinking about certain things in terms of the rise of populism worldwide. In fact, that line came from the Futuristic Manifest yes. in the oh. 20s, I reckon. I'm not really? sure. From the 20s, yes. yeah. And oh. it took, some, it took some, some sentences and put them in the, in the, in the lines of Uncle Zé and the Karoke as well. Oh. But it comes from the a uh, futuristic movement that happened in the 20s of last century. And uh, in, in fact, this futuristic movement was quite close to the fascism. Yeah, part yeah. Of, of the... Yeah, it was like, you know, contemporaneous of the fascism. 
any anything that that lures you to see a better world world in the future, like with only one kind of thinking, then I I just say oh, you mean it's when you lost dangerous. the the hope you go to fascism, the world of fascism. Yeah, the idea that it would be easy to kind of put together that kind of living in the future. And and again, it's sort of like the idea of the utopia, which, of course, in, in Greek literally means nowhere. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah utopia is pretty like uh, it can bring many bad things to the idea yeah. of utopia. Like Team, Team Jones in, in in yeah. Guyana and places like that, and uh, Charles Manson and all, all these all these guys that all re these really bad guys that came around in history. But I love the image that just the small seeds of change planted in these old vehicles can turn things around in some sense. Yeah. It's a quite romantic idea, but for us it does work a lot. Like. Yeah. Uh, you don't have like the, the uh, plan or you don't have like the technology to put on the cars or or this this industry that that is like uh, causing all these global changes in the in the climate and stuff but we had like this like romantic idea to put like a seed that can yeah. grow and destroy these bad things yeah, yeah but it reveals of the power of the nature because if you have a city empty if, yeah, a few years, the nature will evolve every, every you know, beauty and uh, that's, it can happen best. Yeah, it's, there, there's a kind, there's a plant here in Brazil and some other tropical countries that uh, only grows where there is ruins. It's, it's yeah. amazing that, because if you have a ruin, this, this plant grows. Like, and I was reading the, that Indian writer, by faith. Arundhati Roy, the god of the oh yeah small yeah yeah. And she she mentioned that that plant in India mm -hmm. as well that we have here in Brazil. That, that that plant was related to old sugar mills that were like disactivated, derelict sugar mills. Then uh, the plant start to grow after after that. It's a wonderful image that you come up with throughout the film. I think it's it's just such a fabulous film, and I've already been sort of sotto voce tipping off my friends to go see it and make sure that they're looking out for it when it comes to the States. But I do want to thank you both so very much for your work. Obrigada to Sergio Oliveira and Renata Pinheiro. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, Ariel. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Obrigada. Thank you for listening, and thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now, and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that also reside in Virginia and have made innumerable contributions to our region. I am grateful to work on this land. I acknowledge these facts in the hope that my listeners may join me 
in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. We will continue making our rounds of the festival circuit with guests from the International Film Festival of Rotterdam. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Podchaser. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, just a simple RTO rocks my socks is good enough. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Thank you.